Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday, and wow, wow, <laughs> this uh, that got uncomfortable last night. I don't know who watched the interview with the Arkansas governor who vetoed the trans the child chemical castration bill, but man, I I still have the willies over that whole thing. <laughs> We have people running out a health inspector of a restaurant. Oh, this is going to be glorious audio. I know I only play the best audio for you. You know that. Well, this is the audio that's going to have you actually cheering. You may come out of your chair. We have ugly stuff, funny stuff. It's going to be a spectacular Wednesday today. We have Brian Westbury. This is like high, high end economist. He's coming up next hour. He's going to tell us what's actually happening. Why are both parties now sounding awfully ominous about the debt? I don't know about you, but I'm starting to notice it more and more that the Republicans and the Democrats got to worry about the debt, the debt, debt, debt. Do they know something we don't know? Uh-oh. <laughs> and Kira Davis coming up in the final hour. I know you know Kira Davis with Red State, but she has had enough of the passivity of the right to put it mildly, and she's going to come on here and rant about that. But first... And I mean, first, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a very specific question. Do yourself a favor and think about your answer before you give it right away. You ready? Do you think there should be a law mandating that there is room on a lifeboat for every single passenger on a ship. Do you think there should be that law? Whatever your answer is, keep it to yourself. We will circle back to that in just a little bit. Let us go back to the early 1900s in America and in the world. This is... This is the era where technology is gaining steam, not to pardon the pun, gaining steam at a rapid pace. And part of gaining steam, what, Chris, that was a great pun, is steamships. Tell me that wasn't magnificent wordsmithing, Chris. You wouldn't know anything about that. It's an art form, okay? I'm an artist. Whatever. Steamshipping. What do I mean by that? Well, we're now using coal-powered steam, not sails, to get ships around the world. This is huge for trade, for economies. It is it is causing poor nations to rise, rich nations to get richer. It is a big, big time. Not one you and I think about because there aren't steamships anymore. And frankly, if you want to get on a boat, if you want to go take a cruise somewhere, Bring the old lady along, go down to the Caribbean, sip on my ties for a couple days. You don't have any idea probably how your ship is even powered. That's just, that's the norm. Look, I've been on a cruise ship before. Granted, that one probably was steam powered, but you don't know. It's just not something we think about. 
Well, this was a big deal back then. The transition from sales to steam is a big transition, a big one. And because they had the ability now to do that, something really started popping up. Just think 1900. And that was luxury travel. Isn't this weird? Tell me this doesn't blow you away to think about this. Because we we have all kinds of luxury travel now. All kinds of ways you can travel in style. Like I just pointed out, cruise ships and whatnot. But prior to that, prior to this 1900 era, era, people never traveled in style, really. I mean, yeah, royalty would have a nice carriage, a better horse, something along those lines. But nobody would wake up ever, ever before this era and say to the wife, you know, honey, it's been a tough year. We, we, we've been working hard. Why don't we take a vacation with the kids and go get on a ship and sail across the ocean? Doesn't that sound like fun? We can sail across the ocean. That was something that was something you did if you got out of prison and couldn't find other work. You didn't do that for fun prior to that, which is wild, like I said, because people do that all the time now. People fly overseas all the time, get a little first-class seat, sipping on champagne up there. This stuff was unheard of prior to that because there was just no way to do it. So this is that era where people are starting to do it. And it's become a thing for rich people. It was just something rich people did. Haul all your luggage down in your fancy dresses and your suits and your ties and your hats. And you go get on a ship somewhere. And we're, go- we're going to sail across the ocean on this ship. Oh, look, there's a bedroom. Actually, a luxury stateroom with, with, with paintings and everything else. It's wonderful. Which brings us to something like the Titanic is a great example of this. The Titanic, uh, we wouldn't think twice now about an ocean liner Crossing the ocean in an ocean liner. It's something people do regularly. Or crossing, you know, the Gulf of Mexico, like I said, a, a cruise of some kind. Well, that was a big, 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 big deal back then. And all these companies, these private companies, started competing with each other to make a bigger, better, faster, more luxury ship. And you wanted to have the newest, biggest thing out there that was more luxury than the next guys. Oh, you have state rooms? Oh, we have state suites. Oh, you have so many windows? We have this many windows. Your ship can go 15 miles an hour. Mine can go 20. Eat that. It's that era where they're all competing. Titanic comes out. You know the general story. This is not a story about the Titanic. Don't worry. But remember this about the Titanic. 2,200 people get on. 1,500 die. But the Titanic was the destination for the biggest stars in the world. The biggest money men in the world. J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan himself was supposed to be on the Titanic, had a scheduling conflict, and couldn't make it. Trust me, J.P. Morgan would have found his way onto a lifeboat if J.P. Morgan was on the Titanic. But anyway. Still has the, one of my favorite quotes of all time. I don't mean to get sidetracked, but as you know, I do that. One of my favorite quotes of all time. If you have to ask the price, you probably can't afford it. It's such a fact. It's such a fact. I actually used that 
when I sold RVs a couple times on people. Because you'd get these people that just want to, with no consideration for other people, just want to show up on the lot and you'd have to show them RVs. How much is this one? Buddy, trust me, that's not your concern. Let's keep on moving. Anyway, Titanic sets sail. Right off the coast of Newfoundland, you know the story. It brushes against the side of an iceberg. And remember, right when it brushed against the side, some ice fell on the ship and whatnot. But right away, they had no idea there was a problem because they couldn't see the jagged iceberg part that was under the water that put a 300-foot gash in the side of the ship, 300 feet. So the ship fills up, the ship goes down. Well, remember when I said these are the stars, these are the money men, these are the important people? It wasn't just 1,500 people that died on the Titanic. It was 1,500, if you'll pardon the expression, important people, people who are known. Why does that matter? Well, you're about to find out why that matters in just a second. Don't forget Brian Westbury, big-time economist, next hour, talking China. Jesse Kelly. There are few things in life that I've gone through that are more miserable than quitting dipping. And I'm not saying that in any way to discourage you. If you're at the place where you think you need to quit dipping, or hear me out here, if you have a friend or family member and they're dipping and you want them to quit dipping, it's not going to be fun. But there are things you can do, common sense things you can do to make it more than bearable. Jake's Mint Chew is your step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Because Jake's Mint Chew gives you a dip replacement in your lip. Only it doesn't have nicotine. It doesn't have tobacco in it. It doesn't even have sugar in it. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Chew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with? Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what? we're not going to talk about COVID and the fact that the thing started in China and and China knew it had a problem, so it restricted domestic air travel, but but allowed international travel to all over the world, including the United States of America. Yeah, let's not have that talk. We don't want to get uncomfortable. Gosh, these people. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. 
You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. You can find me there. That's the place I can't get kicked off. So the Titanic. Remember, we we had the Titanic story. Let's pause there. Let's go to Illinois. Let's go to the Great Lakes, the Chicago area, and talk about a ship called the SS Eastland. The ship was actually known as the Speed Queen. It was a river vessel. Think of the Titanic for the Great Lakes or the rivers. That's what's what you need to think of it as. It was built for luxury travel across the Great Lakes, up the rivers. That's what it was. Now, how long was the ship? I'm glad you asked. Allow me to vent for a moment. I have no idea. Why don't I have any idea? Because, again, the, some of the most basic facts of history seem to be completely elusive. I have one source I'm looking at right here that says it was 265 feet. I have another source I'm looking at it right here that says it was 275 feet. I have another source I'm looking at it right here that says it was 279 feet. Did nobody ever measure the Eastland? How did these little facts get so muddied? So I don't know. It was a football field. Okay, just know that it was a football field. That's what matters. If I sound frustrated, it's because I am. I'm Sometimes the historical inaccuracies, are they floor me. That's why it doesn't bother me when people write in of, Jesse, there were actually 9,000 troops instead of 7,000 troops. Yeah, you're probably right. I have no idea. I have no idea. You can't get straight answers on, from anyone. Anyway. And there's a company in Chicago, well, in this area, Cicero, really, but it's called Western Electric. And Western Electric did something really cool for its employees every single year. They had a gigantic outing for the employees and their families. And here's another little blast from the past for you and how people used to live. Think what life was like pre-air conditioning. Now, I'm not naive. I know there's a very good chance you've been out in the woods, you've been camping, you've 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 done something like that. So, no, I don't think you're such a fussy britches that you've never been outside of the air conditioning, but think about Think about entire cities, entire towns, Chicago, no air conditioning. Think what a slave you are to the summer heat and the various ways you would try to escape it. It hit me when we were, uh, we did a, we did a little vacation, a little weekend vacation. Somebody was getting married in Charleston, South Carolina. And because we're always trying to do stupid things, we did a haunted jail tour and they have this jail And they put it in the extra hot, swampy part of town. And they said, look, there was no air conditioning back then. Just existing in this place was brutal. It was more than people could take. It was just brutal. So in the summertime, Western Electric did something. They got all their employees and their families on a luxury ship. And they went across the lake. And they had a big picnic day at a beach where there was food and dancing and a beauty contest and barrel racing and and people got to swim in the water and what I'm saying is you and I can't relate to wanting to escape a city in the summertime because of the heat you just I need to get out of the heat for five minutes let me out of here so the SS Eastland is hired for that day now the SS Eastland 
like I said, known as the Speed Queen, built for speed. Remember, this is that era where ships are competing, where the companies are competing with each other. Mine's faster than yours. Mine's more luxury than this. Mine's better than that. And the SS Eastland had had some problems in the past where it was kind of wobbly, for lack of a better way to put it. It was supposed to be adjustable to, to avoid the sandbars, meaning the height of it could be adjustable. And sometimes it was just sitting too tall in the water and a little wobbly. No major problems, but a little wobbly. All the passengers get on that day. Just think 2,000 people. They get on the ship that day, the SS Eastland. And it starts to drizzle a little bit. It's a very, very hot day, but it starts to drizzle a little bit. So about a third of the passengers, the ship's still at the dock. It's still at the Chicago dock. About a third of the passengers go down below. They're, they're wearing nice clothes. This is a different era, kind of a cooler era. You know, you can picture it in your mind where it, dudes are all wearing suits all the time. Ladies are always in dresses all the time. Yes, I know it would be hot, Chris. Okay, it's, it's okay to look good. Anyway. And nobody wants to get their stuff messed up. So about a third of the passengers go down below. It's got four stories on this ship. Okay. Four decks. The other passengers are extremely excited, understandably, for a family day out. Get away from Chicago. A company out and companies paying for it. This is a great day, right? So they're all on the top deck. And they're all waving at the people on the dock because the ship's tied to the dock. And this is right in Chicago. This is the heart of Chicago. So you have pedestrians going by. People are waving back. People are showing up just to look at the ship. Wow, look at that cool ship, that kind of thing. And the ship, it's sitting way too high that day, and it's tipping towards the dock. And But people aren't overly concerned. And then they all decide they want to go to the other side and wave to the people on the other side, the side away from the dock. Everybody on the top deck goes running to the other side. They try to make an adjustment down below to try to balance the ship out. You know, ships can take on water or drop water. They miscalculate. The ship rolls over. And rolls over completely on its side. You can look it up. There are pictures of it all over the place. The SS Eastland. But you'll notice the ship does not sink. Why doesn't it sink? Because it's only in 20 feet of water. We're not in the middle of the Pacific here. It's in 20 feet of water. But there are a third of the passengers down below. And not only are there a third of the passengers down below. Remember I said there were four decks. You know how many flights of stairs there were? One. One flight of stairs. Like 900 people below deck. And let's do a little experiment here. I want you to picture something because you don't picture this very often. When a ship goes down or flips over or something like that happens, part of the problem is it's not just the water, although that's a considerable problem, so I want you to, I want you to, we're going to do a mental experiment here and it's going to be, it may give you, it may give you the willies a little bit. You may cringe on it, but you and I are going to try to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody underneath the SS Eastland on that day. You ready? 
Hang on. It's about to get spicy. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, send me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday for you newbies. Fridays are Ask Dr. Jesse. We don't do a lot of politics unless it comes up in your emails. We screw off all day because the week is heavy enough. I mean, look at this. We have war with Iran, Major League Baseball today. We have human smugglers using Facebook to advertise their services in a homeless encampment in a school. It's clearly there's enough heavy stuff for all of us to wrestle with all day long. We don't need to do it again on Friday. But back to our story. The SS Eastland tips over in Chicago. Over 2,000 people on board. Bunch of people below deck. Half the ship is in the water because it's 20 feet deep. Half is out of the water. Think about this. little thought experiment for you and I. We never think about this when it comes to things like the Titanic and the Eastland and things like that. Picture your living room. You're in your living room. Wherever your TV, couch is, you're in your living room, right? You're in your living room with the wife, in the living room with the kiddos, your old friend, boyfriend, whatever you got. You're hanging out. Maybe you're on the couch. Maybe you're standing up talking. Maybe you're playing board games, right? Doing, doing things you do in your living room. Now take your living room and detach it from your house and just go set it out in your yard. Basically, it's sitting by itself, okay? You're still in your living room with the fam, sitting in your living room. Now, all at once... Flip it over on its side with you in it. What's moving around? What's landing on what? How's that couch feel 
when it's in your face. Did you land on your son? Did your coffee table cave someone's head in? All the decorations you have on the wall, what are they doing? Do you see what I mean? The ship tipped over all at once. There were people downstairs dancing with a piano in the room. Do the math. And you're falling on other people. And remember, this was family day. This was a family outing. I know this is tough to think about, but people have gone through it. We're talking babies. Babies. Kids of all ages. Kids in strollers. And they're all dressed to the nines as the water floods in and they're trying to half swim up the stairs. One of the really sad things about this is most of the people, by the time this story is over, most of the people they find dead in the water, they find them uh, in the stairs. They were all trying to get up the stairs, which bottlenecked the stairs, and they're all panicking, kicking each other as they drown underneath the water. It was an absolutely terrible day. And wait, it actually somehow gets worse. People, because people in general are awesome. Now, some people are horrible, but people are awesome. They Remember, this was a spectator thing. But people were walking by. So people immediately spring into action to help. They know there are families on there. Guys are jumping into water with blowtorches, trying to blowtorch holes in the ship because people are drowning underneath. They're trying to get people out. The owner of the ship is yelling at them not to damage his ship. People, when they drown or when they're worried about drowning, drowning induces such panic in people, understandably. People will do terrible things because they're out of their minds with fear. There are stories of men dragging women underwater trying to float on them because this is not today where 99% of the people you meet can swim. This is yesteryear. A lot of these people couldn't even swim. 20 feet of water is 20 feet of water. So they're freaking out as they're drowning. These are the people who fell off the ship, not even the people below decks. And a lot of people on shore who want to help, they can't swim either. And even if you can swim, it's extremely dangerous to dive in the water with a person who's drowning because the person who's drowning will kill you trying to avoid drowning on accident. We used to have to do this in the Marine Corps all the time. They'd throw us in the deep end and they'd have swim instructors come in and basically beat the crap out of us. And we'd have to kind of fight them off and calm them down and get them, get them twisted around so they couldn't hurt us anymore. So we could swim them to shore. You can die. A drowning person will kill you. So they're doing whatever they can on the shore trying to help, and they're doing things like throwing in ladders, whatever they can find so people can grab a hold of them, only they're accidentally hitting people with the wood boards and ladders they're throwing into the water and knocking them out and drowning them. An absolute disaster. A disaster. When it was all said and done, Over 800 people died on the SS Eastland. More passengers died on the SS Eastland than died on the Titanic. Now, the total number on the Titanic was bigger because so many crew members died. More passengers died on the SS Eastland. I think the number was 865 than on the Titanic. 
But let me ask you something. Why did this happen? Why did the ship just roll over? I don't understand. Well, let's rewind. And not to make you feel guilty, but how did you answer that question I asked you at the beginning of the show? Do you think there should be a law mandating a lifeboat spot for every person on the ship? How did you answer that question? You don't have to admit it. You don't have to be honest, but think to yourself how you answered it. Remember the Titanic went down in 1912? After the Titanic went down and a bunch of air fingers, quote, important people died. Well, important people have important rich friends. Those important rich friends can really, really work up a frenzy if they want to. And the United States government passed into law something called the Siemens Act. And there were a bunch of different parts of the Siemens Act. Chris, please grow up. There were a bunch of different parts of the Siemens Act. But part of the Siemens Act was it became mandatory for a ship to have a lifeboat spot available for every single passenger. Well, the SS Eastland, because of the Siemens Act, had to add a lot of lifeboats which go on the top of the ship, thus making the SS Eastland dangerously top-heavy and prone to flip over. If you really want to get gory about it and see the fruits of your and my decision-making, go look at the bodies stacked up on the docks of men, women, children laid out on the Chicago docks as doctors run back and forth trying to find anybody they can who's still alive. Why are they laid out there? Why? Because something bad happened and the American people shouted, somebody do something. Somebody make sure this never happens again. Politicians, somebody, somebody do something. Well, somebody did something. How'd that work out for family day on the SS Eastland? You and I have got to adjust our thinking. Americans have to adjust their thinking. The public outcry for somebody to do something has deadly, deadly consequences. We're seeing it right now in a bunch of different situations. You want to know what those situations are? I'll tell you in just a second. Don't forget, Brian Westbury, economist, coming up next hour. We're going to break down China. Hang on. smarter than everyone who knows does he think so yeah the jesse kelly show i hate allergies and and this is the season i walked into the office today after i parked in the parking garage and there was a car there that had been there for two days and you could see a layer of green pollen on the car. And a stray cat had walked across it. You could see the cat footsteps all across the car. Two days. Two days it had been there. That's where we're at right now. 
That kind of pollen, that's coming into your home. Get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm to get it out. Remember this. Remember, I suffer from worse allergies than you do. And I wake up every morning now, my eyes don't itch. My nose isn't running. I'm not sneezing all over the place. And my Eden Pure Thunderstorm is the reason. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. I'm just curious if you still have total confidence in Dr. Fauci, as you said um, several months ago. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the, the principal person we've relied on for the last couple of years. Uh, that's become somewhat controversial, I gather. But we have to take advice from somebody and from myself. <clears throat> Looking at his history and background, uh, he's the most reliable witness I've seen. Oh, oh, gosh. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. This is one of the better email days of all time. I'm going to get to some emails here in a second. But, oh, one one more thing on the SS Eastland before we move on. Remember, we got Kira Davis coming up in the final hour. Kira Davis She's had enough of people playing defense. She's ready to play some offense, so I'm digging that. But anyway, one more thing about the SS Eastland. George Hallis, you know, one of the founders of the NFL, the owner of the Bears forever, forever. I think his daughter still owns the Bears. George Hallis, NFL legend. He was supposed to be on the Eastland. He was too late and missed it. And they, because his name was on the passenger manifest, they actually printed in the paper that he was dead. His friends showed up at his house. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? How about that? Crazy story. I haven't touched the door, uh, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial very much. Mainly because I just, I want to see what the facts are. I, I understand that's controversial in this day and age. I want to see what the facts are. I will tell you as of right now, it doesn't look like Derek Chauvin's getting convicted. It just doesn't. Because from what I'm hearing, and I had heard this privately from a law enforcement buddy, the whole knee on the neck thing, knee on the upper back thing, that was that is something that is trained by some police departments across the country, not all, some won't do it. Some train that way because it's designed to help control a suspect. I'm not defending it or, frankly, I'm not trashing it. I don't know, but that's why they, that's why they train that way. And my cop buddy said, guess who trains that? Guess who trains their officers that way? The Minneapolis Police Department. If Derek Chauvin has been trained by his police department to use that move on somebody, he's not going to jail for murder. I promise you that. And frankly, let's be honest here, nor should he. That's ridiculous. But here's why I haven't talked about it that much. 
You remember that that was the spark that burned down so many American cities and trashed, absolutely trashed these poor black neighborhoods that won't recover for decades. And remember, most of the people in these neighborhoods are not criminals. They're just poor people. And their their community got wrecked based on lies about police brutality, based on this trial or this 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 cop and and George Floyd. The people watched the video, and everyone started shouting for someone to do something. Why? There can't just be a bad moment. Even if it was, look, even if it was straight up murder and you believe that or, or not, why does someone have to do something? Why can't we calm down, dial it down? If somebody needs to be prosecuted and put in prison, let's prosecute someone and put in prison. But no, America rose up left and right and said, someone do something. Remember that idiot Tim Scott proposing a federal police reform bill? What? 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 Because of one bad moment in Minneapolis? What are you talking about? But people scream, someone do something. Remember when Donald Trump was president? And there were separating kids from their parents at the border? Which is, by the way, the most common sense policy in the world because we know many of these kids are being trafficked by the cartel and they're showing up to the border with someone who isn't their dad, but they're claiming they're their dad. So, of course, you separate that child away and do some testing and find out what's what and who's who and make sure this kid's actually with his dad and not with some predator, right? That's common sense. But the absolute outrage, again, from both sides of people screaming, somebody do something, and Trump stopped the child separation policy. Why does somebody have to do something? No, you don't. No, you don't. And I'm tired of pretending like we do. I'm sick of people thinking there needs to be massive wholesale policy changes because of a bad moment here or a bad moment there. This This stuff has a huge cost. Don't believe me? Go talk to one of the gravestones of the people who were on the SS Eastland because America shouted, somebody do something, and there was a lifeboat for everyone on the ship, just like you said you wanted. Oops. Unintended consequences. Sometimes we don't need to do a daggone thing. I'm not done. Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. 
At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember this, if you miss any part of the show, any part of it at all, including our story of the SS Eastland where more passengers died than the Titanic, the whole show's available after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes, on iTunes. Subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. These reviews are piling up. I'm looking at Dr. Fauci. Here's a timeline. April 30th, second wave of coronavirus is inevitable. June 19th, not inevitable. There will be a second wave of coronavirus. March 15th. Fauci warns a new COVID-19 infection could be on the way, a new wave. April 6th, Fauci tamps down fears of another coronavirus wave. <laughs> Gosh, I've got whiplash. All right, we're going to have a great hour. It's time to get to some emails. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We got big-time economist under George Bush, Brian Westbury, coming up in about, oh, 25 minutes or so. He's going to talk to us about China, Biden and China, the world China. And why is everybody sounding the alarm all of a sudden about the dead? I'm getting nervous over here. Should we be nervous? Remember. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And if you call and don't catch us live, you can leave a voicemail, as this gentleman did. Hey, Jesse, this is Rob from the free state of North Dakota calling. I was listening to your show last week and your story about the ESPN producer who steered you towards a, a possible radio career. I think you misunderstood what he said. I think he told you that you had a face for radio, not a voice for radio. But what do I know? 
Take care and keep up the good work. You know, that's just not very nice. That's just not very nice. (laughs) You know, Chris, you know, our audience, I feel like I am a kind, good person, and I deserve to be treated. I deserve to be treated better than this. I do. I do. These people, these are not nice people. Emails. We're going to get to some of them early on. Oh, by the way, I got this one. This one killed me. This one was titled Cheetah Choker. I can I can kill a cheetah, Chris. I just wanted to shoot this out to you real quick. I'm at the playground with my daughter getting ready to listen to your show, and I just read the description of your show for the first time. I got to the bottom and started reading the quote, and I'm like, when I got to the end of it, I was curious to see who said these great things about you. Come to find out, it's you. I think I just laughed hard for a good five minutes. All parents are looking at me like I'm a nut. <laughs> Here's my quote. Because they asked by my poor syndication company. It's it's amazing this thing worked out. But when they signed me to the syndication deal, they asked, is there anybody famous, uh, you know, big time out there helping us promote you that you think would give us a great quote about you? You know, uh, uh, so-and-so says Jesse's the best. And I said, oh, absolutely. And so I sent them this quote. It says, Jesse Kelly brings intelligence, unique insight, and cutting humor to the world of political commentary. Signed, Jesse Kelly. <laughs> they died. They wrote back. They're like, oh, what? Are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm 100% serious. Put it on the website. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you see my boy Tucker Carlson destroy Asa Hutchinson last night? Asa Hutchinson, I don't expect you to know who he is. He was, a, of course, a, a Bush guy, and he's now the governor of Arkansas. And the legislature, the Republican legislature in Arkansas, passes a bill banning the uh, – man, stuff is terrible to talk about – banning the chemical castration of kids. It's like all this you know, insane transgender stuff. Asa Hutchinson, the Republican governor, vetoes the bill. Vetoes the bill. The second guy, you know, play the Tucker audio, and then and then I'll go off. This was Tucker last night. The guy chose to go on with Tucker Carlson, which was a huge mistake. Here's how it went. Really quick, ten years ago, if somebody had said, "Hey, Asa Hutchinson, you're going to be governor of Arkansas, and you're going to veto a bill that would have protected children from chemical castration," what do you think he would have said? Well, just like I said today, if you're talking about a reassignment surgery, I would have signed that bill in a minute. But whenever you're talking about maybe less than 200 kids in Arkansas that's currently on hormone treatment and they are immediately cut off without having a grandfather clause in this legislation, I don't think that's treating those kids or their parents or their health care providers fairly or equally. All right. That's the conservative position. Governor, thanks. I appreciate it. This is such a nasty little jab at the end. (laughs) Listen, this is this is what I find. I don't find it odd. It's just I find it incredible. Republican politicians at the national level, as you can see at the state level, because the system is so hardcore left wing. Even Republican politicians 
can find themselves so insulated and separated from their own base. We now, this is the second Republican governor in the course of what, two weeks, Chris, that has vetoed a transgender bill. And, and what's, what's incredible is this. There's not a single issue right now in America, in America, that unites more people than the transgender thing. Now, I know the system tells you that's not the case. It is the case. It is like 99.99% of the right, like 80% of the middle, and at least half of the left. Uh, they all agree it's the biggest gimme in the world. It's, it's, it's the biggest political yes, absolutely, in the history of the world. If you are a Republican governor and somebody puts one of these bills on your desk, it, is, it doesn't even take you 15 minutes to agonize over it. It doesn't take 30 seconds. You wait till they bring it to your desk and you tell whatever staffer brought it to you, go ahead and flip back to the signature page now while you set it down. Here's me signing it. And then when you sign it, you run out to the front steps where you have the press already lined up and you tell everybody, I just signed this. I signed this proudly. Up yours to anybody who doesn't like it. It's the biggest political gimme in history. And these guys are so insulated. The system has these guys so insulated from their voters. They're getting it wrong. Christy Nome? How does Christy Nome get that wrong? How is that humanly possible? The, the lady, Christy Nome, has been a rock star, especially over the last year. She saw her stock rising faster than anyone else's in GOP politics. Except for, with the exception of Heavy D, Christy Nome was the candidate for president of the United States in 2024. That's how fast she was rising. She had the resume. She had everything. And in one moment, one moment, that's gone. Over. I, I know we have a bunch of gnome fans. And look, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not an anti-gnome person. But I'm telling you, it's over. Like Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio is a great example of this. Marco Rubio was this superstar in politics. Fast rising, young, conservative, good looking dude. Dudes loved him. Ladies loved him. He's good, good. I mean, everything's on the up. And then he chooses to sign on to a Gang of Eight amnesty bill with John McCain and Dick Durbin and, like, all these scumbag leftists, uh, all these scumbag Democrats, and and right when he did it, I mean, setting the bill aside, it doesn't matter whether you're pro-Rubio or pro-amnesty or not, but right when he did it, on a macro level, I said, wait, what? He just, he just ended any chance to be president. He just ended any chance that he's ever going to be president. Like that, over. You cannot be the Republican president of the United States of America. You're not going to be the Republican nominee if you're an amnesty guy in this day and age. Christy Nome ended, ended her presidential chances. It's over. Her chances are zero now. Now, I'm sure she's still going to mount a big campaign and she'll raise a bunch of money and she'll be there in the debates. And every single candidate is going to savage her on this issue. And she will never escape it. If you're a Republican, I understand if you're a Democrat, you have to be a card-carrying nutball now. 
But if you're a Republican and you can't publicly proclaim that there are two genders, it's already over. It's already over. You can't walk, let alone run. I'm not finished. You know what? I'm not finished on this yet. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. I've told this story before. Allow me to tell it again. I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Now, I, I, I own three of them now, but I got my first one, and I was excited about it because I've always had an air purifier, always. But I've always had one of the ones you think of when you think of an air purifier, one of the towers, the huge ones that sit in the corner and take up floor space and make all the noise. And I look, I need them. I need them to keep my allergies down. And so I get this compact, quiet, Eden Pure Thunderstorm because everyone's telling me how great the thing is. And it just goes right in the outlet in the wall. I plug it in and I'm so happy with it. Day one. Day one. My sons come in, think about how well my room smells and steal it from me. <laughs> now I own three of them. They have their own. The one they stole from me. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. Really quick, 10 years ago, if somebody had said, hey, Asa Hutchinson, you're going to be governor of Arkansas, and you're going to veto a bill that would have protected children from chemical castration. What do you think you would have said? Well, just like I said today, if you're talking about a reassignment surgery, I would have signed that bill in a minute. But whenever you're talking about maybe less than 200 kids in Arkansas that's currently on hormone treatment, and they are immediately cut off without having a grandfather clause in this legislation, I don't think that's treating those kids or their parents or their yeah. health care providers fairly or equally. All right. That's the conservative position. Governor, thanks. I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show. That was, of course, Tucker Carlson interviewing Asa Hutchinson. I, I'm not quite done on this yet. Give me just a moment. I, I, can't, I can't wrap my mind around Republicans being this pathetic. But it does show you the reason it doesn't it, it, it doesn't the reason I understand it is it does show you the power of the system. You can have you can be standing here with everybody who supports you, everyone telling you, oh, okay, well this one's easy. This is a no brainer. This is easy. Obviously, you're going to sign it. This is easy, and yet the system is so incredibly powerful. That it can sway people to, to believe absolute lies and do things that are totally against everything they've ever believed. It's just a fact. It's a fact. Like I, I've, I've given this example before, and it's 100% true. If the system decided tomorrow, for whatever reason, that uh, the sky was green, you're rolling your eyes right now. You're thinking, oh, gosh, the sky is obviously not green. No one's going to believe that. Well, hold on. The system decides the sky is green. All of a sudden, there are 
media specials and media specials and media specials about the green sky. I can't believe the sky is actually green. The sky is green. There's an article everywhere you look. Sky is green. Did you hear about the green sky? You log on to Facebook and Twitter. There are ads on there about see the green sky. Wow, new green sky science. Green sky is incredible. You go to your newest Hollywood movie. And all the skies are green. They will turn into your sitcom. And they're having jokes about idiots who don't think the sky's green. Wow, those guys are stupid. And you tune into your favorite music and you watch the Grammys and your musicians talking about the sky being green. And your kid goes to school and comes home. Mom, why'd you tell me the sky's blue? That's so dumb. My, my teachers were all telling me about that sky being green. And my friends, they all said the sky's green. And the professional athlete you love, you got his sneakers on and he loves the green sky. I think the sky's super green. Time and time and time and time and time again, you have it beaten over your head. Soon, you're questioning yourself. You're questioning your own eyes. I'm, I'm looking. It looks blue, but everyone, everyone's saying it's green. And soon, what do you do? What do you do? You either question yourself so much that you decide to start saying the sky is green because you must be wrong and everyone else is right, or... In the interest of just fitting in and not going against everyone because everyone can't be wrong, you just go along with it and say the sky's green because you don't want to get yelled at or anything like that. That's what we have here. That's what we have here with this chemical castration for children madness. The biggest political gimme in the history of mankind. Christy Nome. I don't want men competing against women. The biggest uh, political win, the easiest political win of all time. And you managed to screw it up. That's how powerful the system is. That's how powerful the system is. It, it, it amazes me, the power of the system. And steal yourself. Speaking of steal, by the way, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I've decided that I think it looks really fancy when people only use initials for their first name, and since I made up a new middle name for myself, I will be known as J. Steel Kelly from now on officially. Anyway, speaking of stealing yourself, understand this. On our own side, people you know and love, pundits you follow, politicians you vote for, we are still going to take lots and lots of casualties in the culture wars to come. Because the system is so strong, it's so hard to stand against it, we are going to lose people we love. Christy Nome ain't at all the last one we're going to lose. There's going to be more Christy Gnomes. People you, and that's the thing, it's not just the jerk you hate. That'd be easy. I always thought he was a scumbag. It's, it's going to be ones you love. That's what hurts you. It's going to be the ones you love. It's going to be one you were banking on. That's why I I warn everybody. And believe me, this hurts. This hurts. I warn everybody about heavy D. No, I'm, I'm not saying I have some inside information about Ron DeSantis. Everything I've heard privately and publicly is this guy's dynamite, man. Dynamite. And I'm as big a fan as anybody right now. But remember, he's a dude. He's just a man. It's what if a transgender bill crosses his desk? Now, I think he'd do the right thing, but I don't know that. What if the Chamber of Commerce starts whispering in his ear and this NFL team starts whispering in his ear? And th- I don't know that. 
The system is very powerful, and they're not just going to get the ones you hate. They're going to get the ones you love. It's going to hurt. Dear Jesse, I'm writing to give you some advice as a car guy. There are certain things like sunroofs that are better have repaired at the dealer. As to your not wanting the sunroof in the first place, you could have the sunroof eliminated. There are fabrication shops in Houston such as... Uh, extensive metalworks that could remove the sunroof and weld in a solid roof for you. Love the show. I understand how frustrating a vehicle problem can be. Just wanted to give you a couple options. I can use his name, Dakota Barrett. Thank you, Dakota. I appreciate it, my brother. I am still suffering from the rattling sunroof. I, I'll tell you that fabricating a new thing on there is appealing to me. I, I'm worried about the trade value. I'm worried about because I have all the sunroof opening buttons and there's no sunroof anymore. I do worry about that. I'm worried I'm never going to get the thing fixed. I'm, I'm dead serious, Chris, because, dude, I don't want to put any more money into it. it I'm, I hate to sound like Jewish producer Chris here, but this this is hurting me. Spending this kind of money, is it's not even it's not even having it or not having it. It's sinking that kind of money into a car is physically painful. And I don't have the option of just trading it in. I ride cars till the wheels come off, and there aren't vehicles right now anyway. I, I, I have, I'm friends with a lot of car guys, guys that manage car dealerships and salesmen and stuff like that. There's a huge national shortage of cars. So you're getting ripped off right now at the dealership because they can name their price. If you want a car, you have to order one. I'm never getting, I'm never getting ripped off like that. Now, I'm not that guy. Uh, I need to have the best price ever or I'm walking out the door. I'm not that guy, but I, I can't be. I, 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 I'm not paying top price for my car. What, Chris? I'm worried you're right. Chris just said he thinks I just have to accept it, bite the bullet, take it to the dealership, and get it fixed. Man, that hurts. This, that hurts me. You know how I talk all the time about being purposeful with where we spend our money and don't spend our money and yada, yada, yada. So I purposely sought out the small family-owned dealership, the independent one, the small business patron. I, I, I was putting my money where my mouth is, and it burned me, man. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Dear Shogun, for all that is holy, please sell that truck and get one without a sunroof. It's the American thing to do. You know what? That's not nice. That's not nice. I'm not, se- I'm not selling the truck. It's a truck. It's like five years old. I'm not, I'm not going to get anything for value for it. And then I'm going to have to go pay top dollar for another pickup truck because I have to have a pickup truck. I don't fit in anything else. I'm too big. I'm frustrated. We're going to talk to Brian Westbury. Hopefully he'll solve the world's problems and he'll tell us how much trouble we're in with the national debt. Next. <laughs> It's no secret that quitting tobacco of any kind is difficult. And, and we all know why. Look, we've all we've all been battered over the face long enough with the anti-tobacco campaigns to know why. All right, nicotine is addictive. When you try to get off of it, your your body and your mind tell you, I want more of it, and you become well. I'm not going to point fingers here. I become irritable, and I mean irritable when I was trying to quit dipping. 
I had to have something to help me off it. Jake's Mint Chew is the perfect solution. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut. They even have four different flavors of the CBD pouches, and I really, really recommend those to keep that edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That actually gets you 20% off. Why exactly is everybody now warning about the national debt? I previously was like the only person in America who cared about the national debt, and now we have major politicians talking about it a lot. So to talk about that and other things, we asked for an expert, and we got one. It's Brian Westbury. He's currently the chief economist at First Trust, former advisor to President Bush 43, and former chief economist of the Joint Economic Committee of the U.S. Congress. So like I said, the guy knows what he's talking about. Brian, thanks for joining me once again. Why all the doomsday talk about the national debt now? I mean, I've been saying it for a while, but are are we in worse trouble now than before? (laughs) Uh, Jesse, you know, it's all politics. They, I, I don't feel like almost anyone in Washington D.C. really cares about it. Uh, I, I think back. Uh, remember, you know, Trump wanted to build the wall, and he was running for president, and all anybody could talk about was how much it was going to cost. So, you know, which at back then it was twenty billion dollars. Now we're talking about two trillion dollars on top of five trillion dollars. And so they just bring it up when they when they want to have a political point, is my opinion. Uh, but if you look at how much we've spent, a normal budget in the U.S. pre-COVID was about four trillion. That was a, a little bit over four trillion. That was already too much. And then we spent five trillion extra in twelve months, and all of that has to be uh, paid for. All of the interest has to be paid for over time. Uh, we we haven't seen this kind of spending, these kinds of deficits since World War II, and we saved the world. Uh, and then we were the only we were the only uh, country left standing, basically, and we were able to pay it back because we didn't have to compete against anyone else. Now. Everybody's in the same boat. Uh, China has risen. There's competition all over the world. Uh, and we have run ourselves into a hole. And we don't have an easy way out like we did after World War II when we dominated the world. We were the king of the world at that point. Brian, I, I have a really dumb question, but I'm really dumb. So I'm allowed to ask these kinds of questions. I always hear this has to be paid back. This has to be paid back. This has to be paid back. But we're never paying back on the principal. So when is that going to happen? Right. You know, I'm I'm not going to say deficits don't matter, all right? But the kinds of deficits we were running before this, they were big, $800 a billion a year, a trillion a year. Uh, Around the 2008 financial crisis, we ran some really big ones. Um, We – but – Essentially, the economy was growing rapidly enough. 
inflation and interest rates were low. And as a result, it's kind of like having a mortgage on, you know, you buy a little bit bigger house than maybe you really should, but you kind of grow into it, right? You get a better job, you get a raise at work, and then pretty soon that mortgage, you know, you can handle it pretty well, but you still have to pay that debt back over 30 years. Well, that's sort of where the U.S. was. Well, now, and this is my fear, is that we've spent so much. This, In fact, there's a thing, you know, I, I don't mean to confuse anybody or go too deep, but there's a thing called modern monetary theory, and there's a group of people who believe that we can borrow as much as we want, the Federal Reserve can print money to pay for it, and nothing bad happens. Um, I do not believe that. Inflation is on the rise. Interest rates right now are really low, so the cost of carrying this debt right now isn't very high. But the kind of money printing we have seen will cause inflation to go up and interest rates to go up. And that's when we get into trouble. You know, if you look at uh, New York City back in the 70s, they got they had a lot of debt. And as long as interest rates were low, they were OK. The minute interest rates really started to spike, they went under. And, and so uh, this is what worries me. It's not right now with this deficit spending. It's in the next few years when inflation and interest rates go up because the Fed has printed so much money. Brian, I, I, I've known about this my, uh, modern monetary theory before. My question is, and I don't want you to get in the weeds in it, like you said. I, I mean, it, it would take us all day to try to explain this thing. How, and I don't have a better way to put this. How could anybody be so stupid as to think you can spend money endlessly? There are laws in economics that doesn't that defies logic. <laughs> it's never been done before. Why would? How could anybody be that dumb? And a lot of really smart people subscribe to this theory. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I'm, I, Jesse, I'm, I'm flummoxed by it. I'm flabbergasted. You know, it, it is an extension of Keynesian. John Maynard Keynes, one of the most famous economists of all time, back in the 30s, told us we should run deficits when the economy was in a little bit of trouble, and that would get us out. It's not true, but it gave politicians cover. So they made him famous. Uh, and then they, they get to sit there in Washington, run a deficit, and say, see, I'm saving the world. I'm helping people. Well, modern monetary theory is just Keynesianism on super steroids. Uh, like, it, it's, the, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I believe it's crazy. And, and what we're even, I mean, Larry Summers is a Democrat. He was the Treasury Secretary, he worked with Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. Even he has come out and said and called all of this spending and money printing irresponsible. And it's it maybe, maybe the noise you're hearing in D.C. now with people complaining about the deficit is it maybe we're seeing some reaction. But I, I haven't seen uh, government really worry about spending for a long time. Brian, when it comes to interest rates, and I understand I'm going to make a, a very, very complicated issue, try to sound simple. But we're worried about interest rates going up and worried about interest rates going up for all the reasons you clearly laid out for us. Who decides what the interest rates are? Yeah, well, the, the market in the end, but the Federal Reserve is the, you know, 10,000 pound gorilla, if you will. So when they come in um, and, and stomp their foot, you know, they can they can make things 
the, you know, they, they can hold interest rates lower than the market would set them or ha- or trading would, would have them be for a while. But eventually they can't. And so they did this, by the way, back in the 1960s and the 70s. Uh, we uh, did the Great Society, all of the spending that we did then. Uh, uh, Johnson was about guns and butter. We're going we're gonna to fight the Vietnam War. And we're going to going to increase welfare and start Medicare, Medicaid, all of those things. And the Fed artificially held rates down for quite some time, but eventually we ended up with with twenty uh, percent interest rates by the late nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties. Because you can't, you eventually, as you said, the laws of economics come back and bite you, and and that's what we're playing with. We're playing with fire today. You can't. Do this modern monetary theory, endless spending, spending, endless money printing without paying a big price. And I'm, I'm, uh, again, it's probably it, we're, we're, right now we're living in the sugar high. Everybody has money. Everybody's spending. We're we're borrowing on the credit card. It's like crazy. It's the best dinner party ever, you know. Uh, but eventually you wake up tomorrow, and that's what I'm worried about. Is is not. This year, probably not next year, but the couple of years after that is when the problems start to show up. Ryan Westbury, thank you so much for making us smarter. As always, appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Jesse. Have a good day. You too. Look, this modern monetary theory, a lot of people subscribe to it. And, and, and all this stuff gets so complicated. Don't worry. I'm not going to do another segment on this thing because it does. It's way over my head. What, even though I went to an accredited community college, it is over my head too. But you can't spend money until forever. Trees don't grow to the sky. All right. I have more emails. I have human smugglers using Facebook and students going to school with a homeless camp. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Until this vaccine is available to the world, and we're beating back 
the vaccine, the virus in other countries. We're not really completely safe. So we've made great progress. I'm still looking forward to the prospect that we keep the pace we're on and we listen to one another and take the precautions I talked about. That you'll be able to have uh, a 4th of July, an Independence Day on July the 4th, as I defined about three weeks ago. I want to have an Independence Day, an independence from the COVID. So you're able to get in the backyard with a small group of people, friends and neighbors, and celebrate Independence Day because you've been vaccinated. Because you're safe. Because you're in the clear. Wow. That is inspiring. <laughs> what is this? You know what? I'm not going to be nice. Or I'm not going to be mean. I'm not. I'm going to be a nice person. It is the Jesse Kelly show. We just got done getting a lot smarter with Brian Westbury. So it's time to dumb this thing down. 877-377-4373. We got Kira Davis coming up. In, oh, about halfway through the next hour, whoo, boy, she has had quite enough of the right playing defense. That's why she's coming on. This is from the Post Millennial. Seattle students returning to in-person learning are greeted by a homeless encampments on campus. School officials demand they remain. <laughs> Look, this is why I say... Get out. I And I understand people. Because I'll get emails like this and I'll have on friends of mine, guests who say, no, we have to, we have to stay and fight. There is such a thing as a tactical retreat. You know that George Washington, you know that was one of his best tactics as a general was the tactical retreat. You don't learn about that in school. And people don't know. Everyone wants the general. Yeah, we're going forward. Attack. We're going to kill them all. Let's get them. Stop. Assess the situation. Realize what you can do and what you can't do. Pull your men back in an orderly fashion and live to fight another day. No, we have to stay and fight. Okay. Enjoy Seattle. Enjoy, enjoy your kids stepping over heroin needles on the way to chemistry class. I won't be doing that. I, I, I'm not saying there's not value in staying and fighting. I, and I'm, I'm genuinely not ripping on people for doing it because we need a little bit more, a lot more fighting spirit on our side. But I'm not joining that fight. You're still fighting for that. I, I, I'm just not joining it. I'm not doing it. It's crazy to me. Let's get to the emails. Dear, dear Steel Sombrero, is there a better Jesse Kellyism haiku? A haiku. A haiku is a poem, right, Chris? Aren't there, isn't there rules for it? Because this poem doesn't make any sense to me. What are the rules for the haiku? It's all about syllables. It's five, seven, five. Chris, did you just make that up on the air? That doesn't help. That doesn't. I can make things. It's my job to make things up on the air. You can provide some facts. All right, here's the haiku anyway. They fought like lions, triple canopy jungle. What, Chris? We can joke. If you know, you know. Thanks for making my commutes more enjoyable. (laughs) You're welcome, brother. (laughs) All right. 
Dear South Texas Shogun, my wife. Oh, this is one of those stories about going cheap. Oh, I love these. I'm telling you, price out the riffraff. Don't go cheap. I had this talk with a buddy over the weekend about going cheap on this and going cheap on that because he was talking about uh, uh, buying a piece of furniture that was expensive. And I, I mean, it was, ugh, it was, it was inexpensive. So I'm talking to my buddy Luis about it. And he says, look, man. Buying cheap furniture is more expensive than buying expensive furniture. And I'll tell you what, he's 100% right. He's 100% right. And here's where I'm coming from. When we were first uh, first got married, we move in together. Uh, obviously, they make you do that when you get married. We move in together, and we don't have any money. I mean, we're, not, we're not dirt poor, but we certainly don't have money to, to furnish a place. So we went to, uh, gosh, what was it? One of the big stores, one of the big stores, I forget. It could have been Walmart, Target, something like that. I forget where it was. I don't want to misname the store. And we bought a big dresser because we needed a place to keep our clothes, just drawers, you know, for underwear and socks and T-shirts, stuff like that. And we bought one, and I think it was for $150, and it was gigantic, $150. And it shows up, this huge dresser, and it's in 9,000 parts. There wasn't a single thing already assembled and it was of course this pressed garbage wood and you're you're nailing these little mini nails see chris is rolling his eyes he knows exactly what i'm talking about half the things you didn't even nail you had to, the, the front of a dresser you know where you pull the, where the handles are that part was glued onto the rest of it you had to put glue on these little prongs and you stick it in the hole and it and it fell apart in like two weeks and had to go buy something else Being cheap can be really, really expensive. Hang on. I'll keep getting to these emails. We have human smugglers using Facebook, baseball, everything. Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Insta on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. I'm on Locals. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, 
You can find the whole show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. This is important. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Headline from Breitbart.com. Human smugglers use Facebook to advertise 100% safe U.S. border crossing. Look, people are going to do what they do on social media. That's the nature of the beast. But it seems like it was only yesterday. Facebook and Twitter were cracking down on anybody who organized a political rally at the Capitol. That's weird because, hmm... I have the real-life slave trade being done on Facebook. How about those standards, huh? All right, we have more emails. Joe Biden. He's detained a lot of minors. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Hey, Jesse, this is Rob from the free state of North Dakota calling. I was listening to your show last week and your story about the ESPN producer who steered you towards a, a possible radio career. I think you misunderstood what he said. I think he told you that you had a face for radio, not a voice for radio. But what do I know? Take care and keep up the good work. That is just not nice. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Remember, if you call and don't catch us live, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it. Or jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email your love, your hate, your death threats, and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. I read every email you send. For now. For now. Like like I said before, I... It's getting to be a lot. The show is, by the grace of God, growing absurdly fast. And so the volume is picking up. I'm still reading every single one. I'm not going to respond, but they all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints stuff off for me. I read all of them. The day When the day comes that I can't read all of them because I don't have time, I probably won't announce it. I'll just stop saying it. i <laughs> just let it go. I'll still read them. I'm going to read as many as I can, but... It's it's taken a lot of time, but half the time, these emails are the best part of my day. Remember, I talked about going cheap and how you have to price out the riffraff. And I just told you my story about furniture going cheap. I've told you my story about the cruise going cheap. Dear South Texas Shogun, my wife and I opted for a small wedding in a weekend honeymoon. Good for you, by the way. You know what? Quick pause. Sorry, I'm distracted. Quick pause. I have gone off on this before. I'm about to go off on it again. I think the American wedding tradition is absurd. 
I think it is flatly absurd. I don't know who came up with this, how it became this. I think it's insane. The wife was watching some show a little while back, a little while back of uh I forgot gosh, I forget the name of it, but the the basics of the show was it was a couple, it was always a couple, and they had to decide whether to take this huge chunk of money and use it either A for a down payment on a house or B spend it on a wedding. And many spent it on a wedding. I I swear this country it's I'm so glad I had I had the father I did. You know, people can complain when their dad was a little hard on them. And of course, mine was obviously that way. I'm so, I would love I would love to go talk to my dad to this day and tell him, "Hey, uh, dad, I and lots of time the number was 50,000. Hey, dad, I uh, saved up $50,000. I'm thinking about spending it on a home, you know, something that grows in value, probably make 100 grand on it in a few years or something like that. Or I'm thinking about blowing it all on one day of a wedding. What do you think? I honestly think he would disown me. I think he would. I, I, the, I can picture the look on his face of, I've raised an absolute idiot. Are you out of your mind? But anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked on my sidetrack. Let me continue here. I know Chris is about to lose it over there. That's, a, that's too much for Jewish producer Chris. We may lose him today. He's, he's getting nauseous. I, I, we may, he may go down with a heart attack. But in all seriousness, this is what weddings have become. And I could just I can just see people throwing things at the radio right now. This is what weddings have become. You find somebody you love, man you love, woman you love. You guys are gonna have your special day, which is awesome. Yes, get married and make babies. That's how we rebel and take this country back. Chris. Anyway, beside the point. Okay, good. That's a special day. You want to invite family and friends for your special day. Good. That's also cool. Awesome. You want to share that day with other people. That used to be people in your area. It used to be people in your area because people didn't travel as much and people certainly didn't move that far away from home. It was just not something that was very common. We live in a different era now. So now this wedding tradition is we're going to have our special day. Let's send out invitations to all of our friends and family who live all over the country. And look, I did this, by the way. I did that. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just as guilty. Let's send out invitations to friends and family who live all over the country. Let's make sure every single person in my orbit has to ask for time off of work. Let's assume, let's be generous and assume this is a Friday or Saturday wedding. So this person, so now we're asking the anybody who works to take probably Thursday off to fly out, maybe Friday too. We are at least going to be flying out a couple, if not the kids too, but let's be generous about this. Let's say just the couple. So, okay, there's $1,000 on plane tickets right away. There's $1,000, two days of vacation you've just used up. That's before you had to get a hotel room, eat out for two or three days, rent a car to go to somebody's wedding now, and I'm being nice about this, is a $3,000 event. It is. So the wedding tradition is everybody I know and love has to spend $3,000 and use up vacation time? That's, a, that's, that's seriously the wedding tradition we've gone with? I think that's absurd. I went to a buddy, my buddy Adam. He did a destination wedding. Now that's a wedding. 
I'm a big destination. Well, I don't care. It doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to be Vegas. There are so many cool destination spots out there, a beach somewhere, a cruise. He's the one who did a cruise where, yeah, you're asking people to spend the money, but they all get a vacation, a vacation. They're not just traveling to uh, uh, Sheboygan to come watch you get married right outside of a Shoney's. You see what I mean? All right, there. That's my bah humbug moment. What, Chris? I said Shoney's. It doesn't. You know what, Chris? Does it doesn't matter? Don't. It doesn't matter. Back to this email. My wife and I opted for a small wedding and weekend honeymoon, and I was in charge of the honeymoon destination. I, to, that's so cool. I love a small wedding and a weekend honeymoon too. That's awesome. I found what looked like a cozy lakeside cabin for the weekend in East Texas, which looked like a perfect spot. Because honeymoon plus me doing some fishing equals pure awesomeness. And they were running a 50% off discount for the week. I thought I'd scored an awesome deal. When we pulled in, the hundreds of concrete lawn figurines gave us pause, but we were optimistic. We were less optimistic when the owners seemed a little overbearing and angry when we refused the meal. The cabin is basically all windows and no locks on the doors, and the headboard of the bed was wired to the ceiling with bailing wire. We stayed one night with the chairs wedged under the doors and a Glock 19 always within arm's reach. I am now more than willing to drop some coin on lodging. Keep up the historical parts of the show because it's the only way to make sure it doesn't repeat itself. Awesome show. <laughs> it is just a fact of life. Where I live, and look, I love to I love to save money as much as the next guy. As you know, I I'm just not a big spender on things. If it's half price day at the water park, that's the day I'm not going. It's just the day I'm not going. I'm not doing it. It's not worth it. Here now, this is how you start off an email, Chris. Hey, handsome Jesse. I've got two questions for you. First, my buddy is in love with AOC. I'm trying to get him to see the light on her. What exactly is her background? Second, I am a charter school teacher in Florida. We are doing the mask and social distancing crap. Most of the staff are women and are vaccinated. I teach U.S. history and teach them not to hate our wonderful country. Good for you, brother. Should I stay with my current job or move on? First of all, on AOC. You're not going to be able to talk your buddy out of AOC. Why? Oh, we're about to get real uncomfortable. Hang on, I'll tell you why. to the Jesse Kelly show. My oldest son gets bad, bad allergies. The kind of allergies where we've kept him home from school before because we thought he was sick, thought he had a cold. It comes down, his lungs are heavy. I don't know if they ever get you like that, but they've gotten me like that before. His eyes are all red and puffy. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. 
but I guess I misspoke a second ago when I said my oldest son gets those. My oldest son used to get those. When I talk about an Eden Pure thunderstorm and how you never have to replace a filter and how it, you know, more, no more itchy, watery eyes, I want you to understand something. Yes, I love them. I own three of them. But this is personal for me. I'm personally grateful for my Eden Pure thunderstorms, plural. I highly recommend you get one. Start out with one. You'll see the difference. Or just get three like I did. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the now world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your buddy has a thing for AOC. I'm responding to an email here. He has a thing because he has a thing for the forbidden. All right? There's, there's something appealing about the forbidden for everyone. I mean, look, it's the tale as old as time. Adam and Eve, the beginning of all of it. I mean, isn't that astounding? What a, what a great, I mean, talk about history. We should, maybe we should do more of the Bible on the show. You had the entire garden. You had everything except for one tree. One tree. This is the one you don't eat. Oh, that looks like it must be good then. That's just as simple as it gets. AOC is a, a kind of hot communist. It's forbidden. It's wrong. It's bad. Therefore, it gets appeal. Why do you think everybody everybody in the world knows a woman who loves the bad boy? Loves a bad boy. Uh, maybe you maybe you are. Maybe right now maybe you are that woman. You love a bad boy. Maybe secretly you've always loved him. Maybe you're just flat out open about it. You're 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 hopping on the back of your boyfriend's Harley Davidson right now looking at his Hell's Angels patch on his back. Maybe that's you. There's something appealing about wrong and forbidden. It's human nature. I would not argue it's a great part of our human nature, but it's still human nature. You're not talking your buddy out of AOC. That's one. Two. The second part of the question was this. I'm a charter school teacher in Florida. This is how the email goes. We're doing the mask and social distancing crap. Most of the staff are women and are vaccinated. I teach U.S. history and teach them not to hate our wonderful country. Should I stay with my current job or move on? I have said this a thousand times. Teachers are just like generals and they're just like doctors. The vast majority of them are average or worse, completely useless. The title itself automatically gives it some level of respect with people, though. Most of the time, that's undeserved respect. But, there's a big but to all this. But, all it takes is one good one to change your entire life. If you are a U.S. history teacher who loves this country, teaching real history to students. You might be changing someone's life every single day, and you may just not know it. 
And remember this. Remember this. Almost every teacher I ever had was a useless idiot. Half of them were communists. The other half didn't want to be there. It was useless. I have about one or two teachers that changed my entire life. And one of those teachers was my history teacher in the sixth grade. You don't have to be somebody's college professor wearing a tweed jacket and a, and a corn cob pipe in your mouth to change someone's life. You can change the entire direction of someone's life early by being that one great teacher. It's just like a doctor. Yeah, I think most of you are useless idiots, entitled, and people assign you respect you don't deserve. But man, I've had one or two good ones in my life, and I've had relatives or friends that have one or two good ones change lives, save lives. If you're a great teacher, doing the right thing, teaching the right things, my word, stay where you are. Don't, don't leave. Do not leave. Stay right where you are. All right. I, I have enjoyed the uh, Democrats calling voter ID Jim Crow. That, that has been absolutely hysterical. A bit disrespectful to all the poor black people who actually had to live through real Jim Crow. But, uh, no, I've really enjoyed it because, you know, according to them, black people were all too dumb to know how to get ID. So some guy... He went around and asked a bunch of white people what they thought. And most of, most of these people are, white, are, are like college-age kids. He asked them what they thought about voter ID. This is what the white people had to say. Do you have an opinion on voter ID laws? Uh, yeah, they're usually pretty racist. I think voter ID laws are a way to perpetuate racism. Would you go as far as to say they're, they're, those laws are racist? For sure. Do you think it suppresses the uh, African-American vote? Definitely. Uh, because they're less likely to have state IDs. These type of people don't live in areas with easy access to DMVs or other places where they can get identification. Do you think that's harder for black people to go online? Well, I feel like they don't have the knowledge of how, of like, how it works. Oh, that's, they just don't have a knowledge of how it works. I mean, they're black people. They surely don't know anything about voter ID. And then the guy changed the video and went and started asking a bunch of black people about it. Here's what all the black people had to say. Do you carry ID? Yes, I do. Do you know anybody, who, any black person who doesn't carry ID? No. Do you have ID? Yes. Because I have my ID and my friends have their ID, so like, we know what we need to carry around. Everybody that I know have ID. Like, that's one of the things you need to walk around with New York with. I heard a lot also that uh, black people can't figure out how to get to the DMV. Really? Is that, is that, what does that say to you? I know it's that, on 25th Street. Do you know where the ID, the, the DMV is right here? It's on 125th Street and 3rd yep. Avenue, I believe. <laughs> it's like none of what you see is real. None of what you see is real. It's not it's not about black people or white people. It's about Democrats trying to divide this country up, to carve it up. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Maybe we should all just decide we're not going to let them do that anymore. I mean, it is, what do they call it? The soft bigotry of low expectations. Joe Biden, I wish we had the cut, but I'm doing this on the fly. Joe Biden had that one cut about, well, I mean, the, these people need to, they don't even know how to get on the internet. I mean, what do you think poor black people do in these poor black neighborhoods? Do you think they just sit and, uh, what, stare at the wall? A computer? Oh, what's a computer? I wouldn't know. I'm black. Nobody ever taught me. People, come on. But, but but that's they get away with this mindless crap time and time and time again. And I'll tell you, I think people will wake up one day. 
Are they going to wake up too late? Probably. But they're going to wake up one day. I mean, speaking of waking up too late, some health inspector in Canada went barging in some restaurant, you know, throw their weight around. These health health inspectors, are, these are all a bunch of little Napoleons now. Apparently, the people were having none of it. How about that? How about that? Good for that for our friendly, relatively useless neighbors to the north. You know what? That's not fair. I'm just taking a petty shot at Canada. You know what's funny, Chris? People actually do not realize. They do not realize how absurdly awesome Canada's military history is. To their credit, and I've I've spent a little bit of time in Canada. I went up there. I used to go uh, when we lived in Ohio. We used to go up there and do a little fishing. I've been up there bear hunting before. Sadly, I did not come back. What, Chris? Yes, I hunted a bear. Chris, I have a reputation to uphold. And not only did I hunt a bear, I hunted a bear from a tree. And the bear that I was hunting climbed said tree with me in it. I've never told you this story before. Okay, all right, all right. Apparently, we're going to have to go bear hunting in the last segment. We are going to talk to Kira Davis next. She is going to tell us why she's tired of the right being lame and weak, and she's ready to play offense. And then we'll talk bear hunting. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Right has to stop with this, no, (laughs) let's just quit it, guys, mentality. The right must start playing offense. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. 
Joining me now to talk about that and other things is the editor-at-large of Red State and actually has a great podcast as well, which is surprising because she's a woman, Kira Davis. Kira, thank you for joining me today. Oh, stick it up your woohoo, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have a great article out. Explain to people why you're fed up. Well, my article hit redstate.com yesterday. It's called It's Time for Reasonable Americans to Stand Up and Draw a Line in the Sand. And I think, I mean, you've been there for a while, Jesse, but I think I'm starting to just get here. But I'm looking around at all of the culture wars we're fighting. Everything seems, doesn't it feel to you like things are coming to a head? Yes. Like, we've got this Georgia voter law. We've got these trans uh, transgender laws that... We're going back and forth on within our legislatures across the country. Right now, 13 states have similar voting laws to uh, what Georgia did on the docket, ready to debate and vote on. We've got two governors that vetoed very popular transgender bills that were designed to protect children. We're ta- we've got airlines weighing in about critical race theory and, and our voter laws. We've got Hollywood saying they're going to boycott states that don't do what they want to do. We've got Major League Baseball pu- telling us that we need to be political about our baseball, pulling pulling their games out of cities that vitally need that income, especially at this, at this time. We've got mask mandates, the idea of vaccine va- passports, um, mandatory vaccines. I mean, everything is coming to a head. We This is government versus the people. And for a long time, conservatives have said, you know, we're, we'll focus on policy. We'll speak at the ballot box. We'll 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 take out our frustrations at the ballot box. But you know what? When Trump came along, he burned away all of the niceties that were holding together our. <laughs> they were holding together our tenuous political discourse. Mm-hmm. He burned all those niceties away, right? Mm-hmm. He put windows in the sausage factory. So now not only were we seeing the very ugly process of the sausage getting made, now we're watching the animals be butchered. So I think the time has come for conservatives and the right to take a stand. It's no longer good enough to say to roll our eyes at these people and just laugh at them, even though you and I like to do that. And that's totally fair that we should keep doing that. Uh, it's no longer enough to just be sarcastic. They want to completely drive us out of the public square. They want to completely drive us out of the conversation. They want to shut down our radio shows. They want to shut down our blogs. They want to shut down your Facebook page. At some point, we have to stand up and say, no, the time has come to make some noise. The Bible says there's a time for everything. The quiet season is over. The left is being very loud. It's time for you to grab your bullhorn and start screaming because they're taking for granted that we're going to be too nice about this stuff. And that's not getting us anywhere. I am fired up right now. Kira Davis has me fired up something fierce on a Wednesday (laughs) because you're so right. It's a hundred percent true. And and I feel like for so long, Kira, our side has thought that that is the right thing to do. And I, I, you've heard me complain about it before America's version of Christianity. And I do blame it a lot on that because that is our founding Mm -hmm. of, Oh, well, we have to, we have to turn the other cheek and, and uh, we be nice to everybody. Uh, That's not how I read the Bible. And and I think that's absurd. We don't fight. We don't, we don't, we feel like 
We feel like we can't take hard, hard, unpopular stances and swim against the tide because we're going to look mean. Screw mean. I am a jerk. I don't care. Yeah, I, well, exactly. And I think, to be fair, there's a time for diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I actually used that verse in my article from Ecclesiastes. You know, there is a time for everything, Jesse. And, we, and you know this as a member of the military, right? Like sometimes the diplomats come and they actually do their jobs and they can avoid war. They can avoid um, conflict. But sometimes diplomacy, it, the time is over and it doesn't work. You have to step back and let the soldiers step up and, and, and take on the battle. And I just, I think the time for diplomacy is over. I think Trump was a bellwether for that. You know, in a lot of ways, he kind of reminded us that, oh, yeah, there is this other thing that we can do here, you know, like him or not. That's that's what he did. He kind of exposed this ugly underbelly that we've been hiding through our diplomacy and our niceties and all of that. So now it's time for us to stand up and say, you know, we we don't need to always be diplomatic. We don't need to always be accommodating. Sometimes the left, the progressive left, takes advantage of our of our desire to live peacefully and to live on our own. Kira, and uh, w- would I be out of line in saying it feels like everything's being assaulted at once and the, and the volume's being turned up because the left is now in more of a position of power culturally than they've ever been before. I'm not talking about the president and Congress and Senate. Uh, they own all the cultural institutions, and unlike the right, leftists use power when they get them. So they're there now, and they are going to try to purge Kira Davis and every single person listening. They are. They. That's how they've always operated. Is that out of line? Because that's what it feels like. No, and I want to say, Jesse, that it might have sounded a little weird laughing earlier, but there's some other sound playing in my ear right now. So I thought you guys were playing some sound effects over my uh, over my. So I want to apologize, everybody, for sounding like a maniac earlier. No. I thought Jesse was playing a trick on me. Um, anyways, you're absolutely right. That is exactly it. See, here's the thing, Jesse. They knew what was going to happen in November last year. They knew that Time Magazine article. They admitted it, right? They had this plan that was going. It was a collusion between big tech, big media. And big government. And they knew what was going to happen to Trump. We didn't know because we took it for granted that the people's voice was going to be loud enough to speak. And so that's why they held all their fire until after this thing was certified. Big tech, you know, they got a lot bolder after Democrats won Congress and won the White House. They knew that Trump was going to mess with them with this um you know, 230C business and becoming public publications, they knew. So when they won, they realized now we have every avenue, we have the a government on our side even, and they will use the power of the law to give us what we want. Now is the time to make sure that we never have to hear from these people again. And mm. they are, that is their goal is to make sure that you will never be heard again. They're even changing the language to make it sound like your opinion is, quote, misinformation. You know, it's just, it's insidious. So people, if you don't, and listen, Jesse knows, I miss like, hey, let's come together. Mm -hmm. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's have a dialogue, a conversation. I'll still be that person for anybody who wants to step up and meet me there. But the time for 
that being our main strategy, is over. We need to be, now is your time. Draw your line in the sand. And it's going to look different for everyone. Jesse, for you, it might be this radio show. For me, it might be, I'm not buying Coca-Cola products. But Coke owns a lot of stuff. You know, that's really hard. But maybe your line in the sand is, you don't let that curriculum come into your school. You start making noise. Maybe your line in the sand is you write your representatives. You start a letter writing campaign and you tell them you stand up for girls athletics. You stand up for women's rights. You stand up for the people of this state who don't believe that a man can decide that he's a woman and then change everything about being a woman. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe your line is you refuse to get a vaccine passport or even a vaccine. I don't know. Your line is wherever it is. But it's time to grab that bullhorn and be loud. The time for, for walking softly is over. It's time for you to pick up that big stick or we're going to die. Amen. Kira Davis bringing it today. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. She's right. All right. I'll tell you my quick bear hunting story before I get to these headlines since everyone wants to know. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Hey, Jesse, this is Rob from the free state of North Dakota. Colin, I was listening to your show last week and your story about the ESP, ESPN producer who steered you towards a, a possible radio career. I think you misunderstood what he said. I think he told you that you had a face for radio, not a voice for radio. But what do I know? Take care and keep up the good work. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I tell you what, you can leave us a voicemail as long as they're nice. No, I'm kidding. You can leave whatever voicemail you want on this show. Remember, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions need to be coming in now. All right, so Chris, apparently I never told Chris the bear hunting story. It's not, not much to it. 
He was floored that I went bear hunting. Yes, I went bear hunting. How many times have I told you I want one of those big bear cloaks like they wore in Game of Thrones? Why is that hard to understand? Chris asked how you hunt a bear. Well, there are a bunch of different ways to hunt a bear. A lot of people, a lot of people use dogs. You have uh, uh, bear hunting dogs. That that more than one, you don't just send one little you know beagle out there. You send dogs out after the bear, and the dogs will. If you're hunting black bear, the dogs will chase the bear up a tree and shoot him out of the tree. If you're hunting grizzlies, I'm not sure if you use dogs. I don't know. I've never hunted grizzly bears. This is the only time I've ever been bear hunting. Well, I have to be honest. I didn't really like how we were hunting them. Now I like hunting. I don't do it anymore. I just don't have time, and I don't like it enough to do it. But I grew up hunting deer, hunting some elk, hunting antelope. I grew up shooting squirrels and gophers and stuff like that, just basic hunting. This was the only time I went bear hunting. How do you hunt them? Well, we were hunting black bear, and you basically bait them. And that's why I don't like it. That's why it doesn't seem sporting. For for those of you wanting to know, I didn't kill one, but that's only because I didn't get a good shot on a big one. It's not like I was being a humanitarian out there, kind to the animals. But I, it didn't it, – people have their own opinions on hunting, and people have strong opinions on hunting. I, I don't care either way. It didn't feel right. You bait them in. You basically put out a bunch of old donuts in a big old bucket, and then you climb up this tall, tall tree stand. And I mean you're 100 feet in the air. You're really, really high up there. And you sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours freezing your butt off, hoping a gigantic bear comes in to eat them. And it was cold. I will tell you, it was pretty cool because there were a bunch of bear that came out. And I just enjoy nature. I enjoy animals. I enjoyed watching them. A mama bear came out with her cubs and they were playing and eating donuts and stuff like that. And so I gunned them all down. No, I'm kidding. No, I didn't quit. I didn't shoot any of them. I just enjoyed it. (laughs) I just enjoyed it. But at one point, their bear, they're going to get a whiff of you if the wind blows the wrong way. People don't realize this. The reason bear spray works so good, it, bear spray genuinely works. The reason it works so good is because bear noses are absurd. And I mean absurd. I forget what the number is, but you know a bloodhound. Bloodhounds are famous for having great noses. A bear's nose is something like a thousand times stronger than a bloodhound's nose. Like a bloodhound's nose is nothing compared to a bear's nose. They're just extremely sensitive. They pick up smells from whatever. Well, the bear smells me. And the bear decides he's going to come fart on over to the bottom of my tree. And this was not a big, I mean, it it was plenty bigger than me. I mean, the bear was huge, but it wasn't a bear I was intending on shooting. But the bear's sitting at the base of the tree and it's looking up at me. And then these are black bear. They climb. The bear starts shimmying up the tree. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, here we go. I'm going to get in a bear fight 100 feet above the ground in a tree stand. And the bear shimmies like five feet up right off the bat and stops. And I'm thinking, okay, well, all right, he's probably going to back off. I'm not doing anything yet. I'm not moving either. I'm kind of like looking out the side of my eye down at the bear. The bear doesn't stop. The bear then takes off up the tree and stops a foot away from the bottom of the tree stand. I now have no choice. I have my rifle, and now I'm pointing it at the bear's nose, and this bear could easily reach out and touch the barrel of my gun. That's how close I am to this bear. And this bear's staring at me, and I'm staring at this bear, and he's 
two feet away from me, maybe he's a foot away from the barrel of my rifle. And now I I don't want to kill the bear. I certainly don't want to get in a bear fight up here, and I don't want to kill it up here. But now if this bear so much as farts, I'm going to shoot this thing because I have no choice. I'm going to die otherwise. And the bear stood there for a long time. Look, it felt like 90 minutes. It was probably 90 seconds. Stood there for a long time sniffing. It was really trying to feel out exactly what I was. Sniffing and sniffing and sniffing. And then turned back around and took off. Let me tell you what. Boy, my heart was pounding by the time that bear left. I really did not want to get in a fight with a black bear up in Canada. So, yes, I've been bear hunting. I forget why I get distracted Distracted with the I was talking about Canada for another reason, Chris. Oh, their military history is really cool. I'd been there a few times, like I said, bear hunting and fishing in college. I went to uh, one year at Montana State and got a 0.0 grade point average the first semester. That's not an exaggeration. And we, of course, because we were underage, went up to Canada so we could drink, drink beer and chase women around. But their military history is really, really cool. Hang on one second on that. I am quitting tobacco, and it is so much fun. Those are words that have never been uttered by anybody in the history of mankind. (laughs) It sucks. It's terrible. I hated quitting dipping. I had to quit so many times before I finally quit permanently. And it's because it's miserable, and I never tried to quit the right way. I went the same way that everybody tries. Cold turkey, a patch. I tried bubble gum, sunflower seeds. I'm spitting shells all over the place. Jake's Mint Chew is all you need. Go get some Jake's Mint Chew. It'll help you quit dipping. It'll help you quit smoking with their CBD pouches. Go. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. And hear me out here. Try those CBD pouches if you're a smoker. They work. It will get that edge off and satisfy that craving. jakesmintchew.com. Promo code JESSE for 20% off. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. I don't know how I got off on the tangent, but just know, as bad as their food is, and don't email me, Canadians. I know we have a bunch of Canadian listeners. Your food is bland and bad because you have too many white people up there, but that's beside the point. What, Chris? Poutine is so overrated. Don't give me that poutine. Oh, anyway, but their military history actually is incredible. They were some of if not the finest troops in World War I. Other countries would talk about the absurd bravery and skill of Canadian troops, World War II and whatnot. So it's actually fun to poke fun at Canada, but they do have a pretty cool history. You know what it is, Chris? It's the cold weather. Like I tell my boys, every time they're cold, cold builds toughness. Cold builds toughness. It's a fact. Why do you think there's so much cold involved in Navy SEAL training? All right, we have... An awesome show for you tomorrow. We might have Charles Payne on tomorrow. Buckle up for that one. That's all.
The Jesse Kelly Show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. 
The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chuck, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chuck for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time